And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Ness attached to it. Bob, <laughs> listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. <laughs> I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Lamari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. And this hour, we'll present Dashiell Hammett's Rotund Detective, The Fat Man, starring J. Scott Smart from 1946. But first, it's movie Jeopardy. Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from popular action movies. I'll try to name the movie while you play along at home, right, Lisa? That's right, Carl. So while action movies aren't necessarily my cup of tea, I know that you appreciate them, and I think you've seen probably all of these. How do you know? I just know you. Really? I know you pretty well. Really? Yeah. Are you spying on me? Yeah. You have like a, one of those. Uh, I have a camera in your ring, house. <laughs> ring cameras in my house or I something? I have a like little, uh, little mini camera set up really? in your house, so I'm pretty sure See I'm See anything that you, you shouldn't? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we'll leave it right there. Here's your first action movie. Nice night for a walk, eh? Nice night for a walk. Wash day tomorrow. Nothing clean, right? <laughs> Nothing clean, right? Hey, I think this guy's a couple cans short of a six-pack. You're close. Give them to me now. Yeah. Um, well, obviously you know that voice. I'll be back. There he is. That's the Terminator. It sure is. Uh, you know what year that is? Oops, <laughs> wrong one. Terminator. There we go. You know what year that's from? I'm going to say like uh, 84? Yes. What? Yes. I guess it right. Yes, you did. 84? 1984, directed by Jeez. James Cameron. Of course, we heard Arnold Schwarzenegger in that clip. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, what a movie, huh? That was The Terminator. Of course, there's a Terminator Give two. me your clothes. Terminator I've said that three. too. I've, so, I've said that a few times. Give me your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you have. Does it work out Give for you? Give me your clothes. Does it work out for you? Yeah, sometimes. Does it? Once in a while. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound awfully nice no. when you say it somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there might be better ways. Yeah, probably. Okay. <laughs> Here's the next one. I don't like to waste time. No. I wanted this to be professional, efficient, adult, cooperative, not a lot to ask. Alas, your Mr. Takagi did not see it that way, so he won't be joining us for the rest of his life. So we can go anywhere you want. You can walk out of here or be carried out. But have no illusions. We are in charge. Hmm. Is that a James a, Bond movie? No, it's no. a really cool film. Um, I don't know. This is Die Hard. It is? Yeah. yeah it was know. Die Hard, 1988. Really? 
It's based on the Die 1979 Hard. novel called Nothing Lasts Forever. There's Bruce Willis. Uh, we didn't see him. Hear him in that clip, but that's him. If I would have heard his voice, I would have known. Uh, probably. It was very difficult to find a clip that was very clean. Mm. So I did my best to keep mm-hmm. it, um, yeah. you know, yeah. family friendly. Right. All right. That's right, Die Hard. That There's one. Die Hard 2, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. I live for your Die Hard. Well, those movies, it's hard. really hard for those movies to die hard. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, they would die hard is the point. Well. Okay, <laughs> moving the on. Live radio show. I, <laughs> I don't have a lot of time to come up with the jokes. No, I can see that. Right. Okay. It is all around us. Even now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage. Born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. Okay, so really, okay, so really that's cool. Keanu Reeves movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, yeah, that's the, the Matrix. Dis- the Matrix. Yes, Matrix. That's right. Matrix. The Matrix. Matrix. You got it. I never saw the Matrix. Never saw these movies. Well, there was the Matrix. The last one, the fourth one, was the Matrix Resurrections that was released in December of 2021. So yeah, never a saw years ago. a Matrix. I feel movie. like you'd like that film. Mm. Really? Nah. Check it out. I recommend it. Really? Yeah, nice. it looks really good. Bubble Bath said to watch. All it, right. So. so that came out in. The first one? No, yeah, the first Matrix. Uh, 96. Close. It came out in 99. Okay. And, it, and then bad. there it began. Mm-hmm. All right, here's your next. This is a science fiction action film. Okay. We can train your subconscious to defend itself from even the most skilled extractor. How can I do that? Because I am the most skilled extractor. I know how to search your mind and find your secrets. I know the tricks, and I can teach them to you so that even when you're asleep... Your defense is never down. Look, if you want my help, you're going to have to be completely open with okay, me. I need to know my way around your thoughts better than anyone. That's Leonardo DiCaprio. Wife, that's right. Therapist better than anyone. That's pretty good. The uh, This is a dream, and you have a safe full of secrets. Yeah, I need to know what's It's Christopher Nolan directed it. Mm-hmm. What's that's it called? That's right. This is Inception, 2010. Inception. Yep. Ah, uh, yeah. We have time for another one? Real quick. Okay, let's do one real quick. You see a guy like me. There you go. Freak. Okay, that's Batman. There you go. It's the Dark Knight. Dark Knight. It is. All right. All right. I know we're in a hurry, but great job. Thank you, Lisa Wolf. Some really cool stuff. When we come back, it's someone I'm starting to look like. The Batman. Oh, no. Stick around. We'll be right back. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Special announcement. We have officially launched our Boston Blackie Kickstarter website. If you want to search Boston Blackie Kickstarter uh, in your search engine, it'll take you right to the website. Oh, my gosh, Lisa. We launched it yesterday, our official Kickstarter to save all 218 episodes of the Boston Blackie radio show. And so many of our listeners, hundreds of our listeners, supported our uh, quest to save Bold Venture, and we uh, succeeded. So now we have moved on to Boston Blackie, and I'll talk a little bit more about it later in the show when we have more time. But, folks, if you want to check out the Boston Blackie Kickstarter, just search Boston Blackie Kickstarter in your search engine. It'll take you right to the website. All of the information is there. Help us save this incredible series. All right, time for The Fat Man. This was a detective series created by Dashiell Hammett. He was best known for creating the hard-boiled detective Sam Spade and the husband and wife amateur detective team of Nick and Nora Charles, also known as the Thin Man. ABC asked him to create a detective especially for radio, and he did, called the Fat Man. It was Brad Runyon. He was 237 pounds, and despite his size, did pretty well with the ladies. Jack Scott Smart played Runyon, and we have a broadcast for you now called The Black Angel, from July 8, 1946, here's part one of The Fat Man. Weight, 237 pounds. Fortune, danger. Who is it? The Fat Man. The American Broadcasting Company brings you the adventures of Dashiell Hammett's latest and most fascinating character, the Fat Man, a fast-moving criminologist who tips the scales at 237 pounds. Tonight's adventure, the Black Angel. And now, here is the Fat Man. A fat man is not supposed to have the physical endurance and staying power of the thinner, leaner boys. When he lugs that extra weight around, he loses his wind quicker and his muscles tire faster. If you've ever made a forced march with 50 or 60 pounds of equipment on your back, you know what I mean about a fat man's extra weight. But quick thinking will save a tremendous amount of energy. And a fat man has to save his energy in my business because you need every bit of it when you're fighting with a murderer. It's funny how much you can tell about a person at a glance, especially if you trained yourself to take in everything. I liked this guy the minute he walked in my office, and I felt sorry for him. I liked him because his eyes were honest and intelligent. He was in his late 30s, nice-looking, without being handsome, 
His conservative, well-made clothes told me he had a commuter's ticket in his pocket and a growing bank account he'd earned himself. I felt sorry for him as he stood in front of my desk because I'd seen the same expression on the face of a soldier in Belgium when his wife wrote him she wanted a divorce. He didn't waste any time, and I knew he was telling the truth. Mr. Runyon, my name is Atchison, John Atchison. Sit down, Mr. Atchison. Oh, thanks. I... I hope you'll understand. I always try to. What's the trouble? I don't like this sort of thing. I, I don't like anything sneaky or underhanded, but, but there's nothing else I can do. I, I can't stand it any longer. It, it's driving me crazy. I, I, I can't sleep. I, I can't eat. I, I walked around the block four times before I could make myself come in. Wife trouble? Why, why yes. How did you know? There are a lot of wives and a lot of husbands... You'd be surprised how many of them come in here. Yes, I suppose so. I suppose it's an old story. I guess I'm a fool, but I, I never thought it could happen to me. Another man? Well, I, I'm not sure. Don't you see? That's the trouble. I, I'm not sure. I know there's something, somebody, but I, I've got to find out the truth. I, I've got to know before I lose my mind. Have you asked your wife about it? Oh, no, no, of course not. Don't you understand? I love Peggy. I love her more than anything in the world, and, and I've always trusted her. If I were wrong, I could never forgive myself. Yeah, I understand. You want me to find out who this guy is and what's going on? Yes. I simply want to know the truth. Maybe hard to take. I can take it. Okay, Atchison. Now, tell me why you're suspicious. What's happened? It started only three days ago. I came home early. Peggy was talking on the telephone, and she didn't hear me come in. I, I heard her say, but Angel, John mustn't know. I, I was stunned. I, I couldn't believe my ears. And then she said, all right, all right, I'll, I'll meet you in the same place at nine tonight. Did she know you'd heard her? Oh, no, no, no. I, I waited a few minutes, then walked in. She seemed flustered and surprised that I was home early, but, but said nothing about the phone call. That night, she said she was going to see her girlfriend. You didn't try to follow her? Oh, no, no. I, I couldn't bring myself to that. Besides, I kept hoping that I'd been mistaken, that, that maybe she hadn't hadn't said that at all. Uh, never had any reason to suspect her before, eh? Never. Hmm. It's just possible, Atchison, that what you heard her say on the phone might have had a different meaning from what you suspect. Oh, but, but how could it? How long have you been married? Not quite a year. What do you know about your wife's past? Why... Actually, I know very little about her past life. I, I never questioned her. She has no family and... Where'd you meet her? Oh, she was the cashier in one of those dance halls, a place called the Tropical Gardens. Oh, I know what you're thinking, Runyon, but you're wrong. I, well, I, I used to be lonely and, well, I, I went there sometimes. She wasn't like the others. We fell in love and got married. I see. You know, it might not be another man at all, Atchison. It might be something worse. What? Blackmail. Blackmail? I hadn't thought of that. That might explain... Explain why? The, the money. What money? The $300 that's missing from our savings account. Mr. 
say, you fat men sure know how to dance, don't you? Yeah. I don't remember seeing you here in the gardens before. You're a new one, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You aren't very talkative, are you? Not usually. Are you? What do you mean by that? Of course I like to talk. Well, that's swell. Maybe you can tell me something. What? Do you remember a girl named Peggy that used to work here? She was a cashier. Sure, I remember Peggy. Why? Well, I'm trying to find her. I thought maybe somebody here could tell me something about her. Hey, wait a minute, mister. Who are you trying to kid? Nobody, sweetheart. I'm related to her. The folks think something has happened to her. I thought maybe I could find out who her friends were when she were here or if she'd had any trouble. (laughs) Boy, you kill me. Yeah? Yeah. You never saw Peg in your life. What makes you think so? Because she's sitting right over there at that table in the corner. Oh, the girl sitting alone? Yeah, that's Peg. There was a guy with her a minute ago, but he ain't there now. Say, what's your racket anyway? I'm a Hollywood talent scout, sister. Here, buy yourself a new mink coat. A talent scout? Hello, Peggy. What? Don't you remember me? Why, no. (laughs) I used to meet so many men here. Well, you didn't meet me here. Where, where did I meet you? I'm a friend of John's. John's? Yeah. Mind if I sit down? Please. He'll be right back in a minute and... Hmm? Who's he? Listen, I don't know your name. But if you're a friend of John's, you'll forget you saw me here tonight and you'll never, never tell him. Why? Because what a husband doesn't know won't hurt him? No. You don't understand and I can't explain. Are you in trouble? Yes. Maybe I can help you. No, I don't think so. I don't think anyone can help me. Well, tell me about it. No. Not now, not here. Where then? Meet me tomorrow at the Primrose Bar at one o'clock. Okay, honey, but be there. You don't show up, I'm going to have a talk with your husband. I'll be there. But please, please, John mustn't know anything about this. He mustn't know anything at all. Why not? Because if he found out, he might be murdered. Runyon? Yeah? Pleased to meet you, Runyon. I've heard about you. My name's Caldwell. I'm an operative from San Francisco. Maybe you've heard of me. Not that I recall, but there's something familiar about you. I, uh, I had a bad break not long ago. I did my job too well and got my mug plastered all over a lot of newspapers. Maybe you saw my picture. Maybe. Could be that. It's hurt my work a lot. Too many people know me. Fame does have its drawbacks. Yeah. You're a long way from home, Caldwell. That's why I came to see you, Runyon. Oh? Here on the job? That's right. I've got no connections here, and I might need a little help. I thought maybe you'd like to give it to me. There might be a lot of dough in it for you. How much is a lot? Say, $5,000. That is a lot of money, Caldwell. Yeah, for five grand, a man is a sucker to ask too many questions. You know, that's a funny thing, Caldwell. That's exactly what I think. We're going to get along swell. Sure, Now, tell me about the job. Well, about a couple of weeks ago, a guy comes into my office and makes me a proposition. It seems a pal of his disappeared with a hundred thousand bucks in cash, and half of it belonged to my client. He wanted me to find his pal. Where did the hundred grand come from? 
I don't know, but let's just say it was dropped by a careless bank messenger, and these two guys found it lying in the street. Finders keepers, hmm? Yeah. And now you want to shed the client and do a little finders keepers on your own? That's the general idea. After all, the dough doesn't belong to either of them. The client's out on the coast. The uh, climate here doesn't agree with them. You found this client's pal, the guy with the dough? I found him. He's here in town, registered in a hotel under a phony name. And the money, you think he's got it with him? I think he's got it hidden somewhere in his hotel room. Where do I come in? And why, if there's a hundred grand in it, do I only get five? (laughs) A minute ago, that was a lot of money. That was a minute ago. It's still enough for what I want you to do. I'll do the tough part. What's the easy part? All you do is get this guy out of the hotel and keep him out until I can give the room a good going over and get the dough. It does sound easy. It's a cinch. Once I get the money out of the room, we're safe. He can't go to the police. What about your client? Don't worry about him. Well, how do I know you won't cross me up? You don't know it. You just have to trust me. I don't like it. It'd be a sap to pass up such an easy five grand. I won't cross you. Well, how do you know I won't go to the cops for this story? What good would it do? You don't know these two guys? Besides, there's another good reason why you won't do that. What's the other reason? This gun in my pocket. Oh, you play rough, hmm? Plenty rough. Well, how about it? Is it a deal? Okay. Count me in. That's better. Meet me at 8 o'clock tonight at the corner of 50th and 8th Avenue. What's the guy's name and what hotel's he in? Do I look like a sap? I'll tell you at 8 tonight. Okay. I'll see you at 8 then. Yeah. Hello? Hello, Brad. This is O'Hara. Yeah? What's on your mind? Listen, Brad. You remember a gang of bank robbers operating in the Middle West a couple of years ago, led by a guy named Angel Black? Yeah. I remember something about it. Uh, Didn't the papers call him the Black Angel? That's right. If you remember, he was caught and sent up for life. But one member of the gang, a fellow called Snyder, was never pulled in... And the loot from a couple of bank jobs was never found. Hey, wait a minute, O'Hara. What about this guy, Angel Black? Well, he escaped from prison about a week ago, and we just got a tip he's somewhere in this vicinity. I want you to keep your eyes open for him. What's he look like? Well, he's short, heavy set, jet black hair, and I It's think... not black anymore, O'Hara. It's red, and he's wearing a red mustache. What are you talking about? How do you know? He just left my office about two minutes ago. He just left my office about two, two minutes, minutes ago. ago. <laughs> I could do it. I could do this role. Yeah. I mean, if you want to cast me as the fat man, I would be perfect And for who me. are you speaking to? Who's going to do that for <laughs> I you? I don't know you. Oh, I... Why don't you cast me as the fat man? And because I'm and working on your music like contract. This. That's why. I'm very busy with your music All right, career. more of the fat man in a moment. Hey! I'm still 
If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host in total you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month become a classic radio club member at classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator log on to classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 that's 815-900-7535 And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, before we get back to the fat man, we are going to talk for a moment about this Boston Blackie Kickstarter. So excited because, uh, as many of you listeners know, I licensed the entire Frederick Ziv Library. Frederick Ziv was one of the most prolific, if not the most prolific, producer of radio dramas, including Bold Venture, Boston Blackie, the Cisco Kid, I Was a Communist for the FBI, Favorite Story, Philo Vance, many, many more. And we started with Bold Venture. And what we did was raise the money to transfer all 78 episodes of Bold Venture. We barely made it, but we made it. Our listeners so generously pledged to our Bold Venture Kickstarter and all of those people that pledged, they have either received their digital downloads of Bold Venture or right now in the mail are your CDs. So they are coming to you as we speak. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I said, if we make it through Bold Venture, we're going to now move on to Boston Blackie. The great thing about it is because we bought a lot of equipment, recording equipment and special styli and uh, cleaning equipment, recording equipment, the Bold Venture cost a little more because we had to burden it with all that equipment. So with the Boston Blackie, it's actually a lower threshold to reach, and there's way more shows, 218 episodes of uh, of Boston Blackie. So we were able to also uh, give our pledgers a uh, less cost per episode. So we're passing all those savings on to those who want to help us save Boston Blackie. And it's no secret, Boston Blackie, Lisa, as you know, is my favorite radio show. I was going to mention that, just a little uh, just a little footnote there. Yeah, it's my favorite. I love mm-hmm. Boston Blackie. I don't know why. I just think it's so great. He's such an interesting character. All the shows were done so well. Dick Kalmar played Boston Blackie on the radio series, but now is the time, folks. If you want to help us save this series, we want to transfer all 218 episodes, and you will get them in pristine sound quality. There's about 50 or 60 shows lost. In fact, last week we played a lost episode of Boston Blackie, so you can hear the quality. So it is not only all the lost episodes, it's the full run of Boston Black, and you can get all uh, all 218 episodes if you pledge enough to receive that many. That's 109 CDs or via digital download. It's all at our Kickstarter website. All of the information, there's a great video there. There's some audio clips, uh, information on the series, 
Um, it's great. Just uh, just go to your search engine on Google or wherever you search to find a website and type in Boston Blackie Kickstarter. Boston Blackie Kickstarter will take you right there, and you can uh, hopefully pledge and then get these shows once we make the transfer. Hopefully we'll make the transfer and save this series. I am hoping, 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 because it's my favorite show. So just search Boston Blackie Kickstarter. All right, we're listening to The Fat Man. This is called The Black Angel. It stars uh, J. Scott Smart as uh, Brad Runyon. Ed Begley is in this uh, show as well. July 8th, 1946. Here's the conclusion to The Fat Man. You're late. Yes, I know. I'm sorry, but I had to be careful. I was afraid I might be followed. Your husband? No. The the man I was with last night. You saw him, didn't you? He has red hair and a red mustache. No, not last night. But I don't understand. He saw you at my table. When you left, he walked after you. Didn't he speak to you? No. But two and two are rapidly making four. What do you mean? I think your friend followed me home last night. How did you get mixed up with Angel Black, Mrs. Atchison? You... you know him? You know who he is? Yeah. But... but how? Never mind that. No, no, you've got to tell me. How did you know it was the Angel? Don't you see? He's desperate. He... He came to see me this morning. What did he say? What did he want? Made me a proposition. Oh, you shouldn't have sat at my table last night. Don't you understand? It's a trap. He'll kill you. He'll kill John, too. That's why John mustn't know. You still haven't told me where you come in on this business. I... I used to know the... I used to know the guy. He... I was his girl. We were going to be married. Were you one of his gang? No. At least I... I never knowingly was. I didn't know the truth about him. When I found out, it was too late. He made me go with him when things got too hot. They finally got him and sent him up. I never went back home. I came here and got a job in the tropical gardens. How did Angel find you? I don't know. It was four nights ago. I'd gone down to the drugstore for something and was walking home. The street was dark and deserted. Hello, Peg. What? Who? Who are you? Don't you recognize me, Peg? Angel. Yeah? Who else? Let me look at you. But, Angel, you... How did you get... Never mind that, baby. I'm out and I've come back for no, you. No, no, Angel, don't, please. For two years I've been waiting for this. Let go of me. Wait a minute. What's the idea? No, Angel. Please, don't you understand? I... I'm married now. I'm happy. I, I, I've tried to forget all that. You're not forgetting anything, baby. You're leaving with me. They won't get me again. Listen, Peg, I know where the money is. Money? Yeah, a hundred grand. They never found it because that rat Snyder got away with it, but I found him. He's registered here in the city at the Gilroy Hotel under the name of Cooley. He's got the money with him in cash. How do you know? Word gets around, even in jail. But, but the police, they'll find you. Oh, no, they won't. That's where you're going to help me. No. No, I told you that's all over. Listen, I get this straight. If you like this guy you're married to, you'd better do what I say. You... you wouldn't. Wouldn't I? 
Now then, I need some dough to get some clothes and dye my hair. You're going to give it to me. But... If you want your husband to keep his health, you'll have it for me tomorrow. And don't try any funny business or you'll get it too. All right, I'll get you some money, but afterwards... Afterwards, you're coming with me. After I knock off Snyder and get the dough. Kill? Yeah. And anybody else who gets in my way. Uh, don't you forget it. Next day, I gave him $300. And then last night, he insisted I meet him again. You're sure it's the Gilroy Hotel Snyder is hiding in? Yes. What can I do? What if John finds out? Just sit tight and play along with Angel. Agree with anything he says. Personally, I don't think you'll hear from him again. Why not? Because tonight he's planning to kill Snyder, get the money, and then kill me. This is it, O'Hara. Hotel Gilroy. Yeah. Cheesy-looking dump, isn't it? Yeah. Nevertheless, let's go in. Hey, clerk. What room is Mr. Cooley in? 510, top floor. Is he in now? How should I know? Is his key in the box? Uh, no. I guess he's in. Uh, come over here closer. Yeah, what's the matter? Look. Oh, please. That's right. Listen, this is a respectable hotel. We don't want no trouble. Neither do we. Give us the passkey. Oh, okay. Here. There may be some shooting upstairs. Keep everybody off the fifth floor till we come down. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, say, what's this guy Cooley done? Never mind. Mona, huh? All right. What time is it, Brad? Uh, ten after three. Uh, the other one was to meet you at eight tonight? Mm-hmm. Five hours from now. Well, here we are. Mm, five, ten. It's down this way. Get out your gun. Don't worry. Here it is. Easy now. He's not in. I don't know. Wait a second. Open up, Cooley. If you don't, we're coming in shooting. Oh, come on. Brad, look. No wonder he didn't answer. What a mess. See if it's Cooley. Yeah. The back of his head smashed like an egg. So Angel got here first after all. Maybe it wasn't Angel. Of course it was. Look at this room. He really tore it apart. Looking for the money. I wonder if he found it. He must have. Not much money in cash would be hard to hide. Hey, what are you going through his pockets for? I'm looking for the key to this room. Hmm. Hasn't got it on him. I wonder... What? Listen, O'Hara. I want you to do something, and I don't want you to ask any questions. What is it, Brad? Forget that we've been here. Forget it? Are you nuts? You've got to forget it. Only for the time being, though. 
I've got a hunch this business isn't over yet. But I can't do that. Sure you can. I'm going to lock this door and give the passkey back to the clerk downstairs. As far as he's concerned, Cooley wasn't here. But what about the maid? It's too late for the maid. Nobody will find this body until tomorrow morning. That is, nobody who'll care to report it. Quick, O'Hara. Over here in this doorway. You're crazy to try and pull this alone, Brad. I shouldn't let you do it. Now, take it easy. I know what I'm doing. Angel's no fool, and he can spot cops a mile away. If you had men planted near me, he'd never make his play. This way, I can get him for you alive. But you said yourself he was gunning for you. Not the way you think, O'Hara. That's why I wanted you to keep quiet about Snyder's murder. I don't get it. I think he's going to try and frame Snyder's murder on me. On you? Sure. Don't you see? It would be a cinch. That is, it would have been if we hadn't already found the body. As long as he thinks I'm a dumb dick trying to pick up an easy five grand, he can't miss. Why? He'll meet me, send me up to the room, supposedly to get Snyder out. Then he'll tip the police. Oh, I get it. Sure, they'd catch me there red-handed. Yeah, but suppose the girl tips him off that you know who he is. That's a chance I've got to take. For the time being, I'm betting she's on the level. Everything ought to go okay, unless... Unless what? Unless Angel didn't kill Snyder. But you don't think... It's a possibility. Okay, O'Hara, it's nearly eight. Stay here in this doorway. I'm going to walk down there now and meet Angel. Don't show yourself. But if we start walking, follow us and be sure he doesn't spot you. Okay, Brad, but be careful. Hello, Runyon. You're right on time. There's an alley over here. Let's walk down there. Why the alley? We can talk better there. Okay. What's the deal? You got a gun on you? Yeah, why? I just wondered. You might need it. I don't like guns. That wasn't in the deal. I know, but this Cooley's a tough baby. Cooley? Yeah, that's his name. Now listen, here's what I want you to do. He's living on a little cheap hotel, the Gilroy. It's on Clovis Street. His room is 510. How do you know if he'll be there? I don't know for sure, but he never goes out. That's why I needed help on a deal, to get him out of the room. Oh, I get it. You go over there and bust in his room. Got a passkey? Sure. Good. Don't knock, just go right in. Act tough. Tell him you're the house, Dick, that the manager wants to talk to him about his bill or something. When you get him downstairs, call him Mr. Jones. He'll say that isn't his name. You've made a mistake. Apologize and insist on buying him a drink. Mm, it sounds simple enough, doesn't it? Sure. In the meantime, no, I... No, Angel! Stop! Well, somebody's coming. <coughs> no! No! You, you killed up, him! Shut up, you fool. He isn't dead. I slugged him. It's the idea of following me. Run it! Run it! Hey, come on, it's a trap! That's what come I... Come on! Stop! Brad... Brad, are you all right? Yeah, yeah I, I think so. He slugged me when the girl... Yeah, I saw her run down here. She must be in it with him. She came to warn him. Can they get away? Yeah. Come on. Where are we going? Back to the Gilroy Hotel. Why? Because I think the $100,000 is still hidden somewhere in Snyder's room.
what makes you think the killer didn't find the money? Two things, O'Hara. In the first place, the key to the room is missing. The murderer kept it so he could get, get back in the room later. After the murder had been discovered and the body had been removed. Well, what's the other reason? The fact that Angel was so anxious to frame the murder on me. If he'd gotten the money, he wouldn't have bothered with me. But he came to you before he killed Snyder. Yeah, but when he first came to me, I think he was planning to kill me in the alley. But why? Because he'd seen me talking to the girl the night before, and he knew I was a detective. But later, when he couldn't find the money, that he decided to frame me for Snyder's murder. Yeah, but where is the money? The place had been torn apart. It wasn't in the room. That's what I mean, O'Hara. Well, here we are. Come on. Hey, I wonder what's the matter. All the people running toward the side of the hotel. I don't know. Oh, here comes the room clerk. What's the matter back there? Oh, and 510 just jumped out the window. Say, aren't you yeah. the six? Yeah, quick, O'Hara. Let's go, let's go here. Stand back. Stand back. I'm from police headquarters. Why? Why, that's not Mr. Cooley. No, it's Angel Black, and he's dead. What could have happened? Mr. Cooley murdered right in this room and this red-headed man dead? Never mind that. You say this red-headed guy came in with a girl about 15 minutes before you heard the crowd yelling outside? Yeah, it may have been less than that. And this other guy, the one who came in after them? Well, he seemed nervous. He was nice-looking, about 35. He asked what room Mr. Cooley was in. I told him, and he went up. Several minutes later, I heard the noise outside and went out, and, well... You know the rest. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who was this third guy, Brad? Must have been Atchison, the girl's husband. What was he doing here? No, he must have followed his wife or Angel. Oh, well, then it's plain enough to me, Brad. Yeah? Sure. Angel and the girl bump into Snyder's room. He finds the money. The girl's husband comes in. They have a fight, and Angel gets shoved out the window. The girl and her husband take the money and beat it during the confusion downstairs. That's a good story, O'Hara. But that isn't what happened. Well, the money's gone, and it wasn't on Angel when he was shoved out the window. He wasn't shoved, O'Hara. Are you trying to tell me he committed suicide? No, it was an accident. An accident? Are you nuts? The girl and her husband killed him for the money. They couldn't have done that, O'Hara. Why not? Because the money is still where Cooley hid it. Where? Come over here by the window. Look, O'Hara, on that little ledge around the corner. Well, I'll be... A briefcase. Yeah, and it's got the money in it. Then Angel must have been trying to reach it. You see, you, you can't reach it from here. You'd have to climb out onto the ledge. Yeah. He must have seen the briefcase and climbed out to get it. The girl saw a chance and shoved him over. We'd better get out an alarm to pull her in right away. Now, hold it, O'Hara. The only thing that girl did was try to save her husband's life and happiness. She loved her husband, O'Hara. But still, she must have shoved... Look here. See how slick this ledge is? The guy slipped as he was reaching for the money. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right at that. Sure I am. He was in a hurry, O'Hara, and he fell. And a black angel doesn't have wings. Next week at this time, the American Broadcasting Company brings you another adventure of Dashiell Hammett's exciting new character, The Fat Man. Next week's story is called The Skull's Ballroom. And as the fat man says... A ballroom is usually a gay, carefree place filled with happy, dancing couples. But this isn't true of the Skull's Ballroom. There, the couples are ghosts of the past. 
and the slow waltz they do is the dance of death. Tonight's adventure of The Fat Man, played by J. Scott Smart, was produced by Charles Powers. Music was under the direction of Bernard Green. Sergeant O'Hara is played by Ed Begley. Mrs. Jean Kirby speaking. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. It sure is, Ole. That is The Fat Man with a Black Angel from July 8th, 1946, starring J. Scott Smart as Brad Runyon, The Fat Man. All right, time for this month in music history. That's right, Carl. We're going back to the 1980s, and I chose some what I think to be great songs. So see if okay. you like them. This is uh, the, the guy you toured Billy, with. Billy Joel. That's right. <laughs> I had this album. I did, too. This is from 19- Glass Houses. Glass Houses is the album. This is from 1980. This is written by Billy Joel as well. Yeah, and it spent two weeks at the top of the Billboard charts. And still, you know, still one of those songs that people still know and listen to and appreciate today. You know, I had this album, and I can just see my basement, right, where I kind of I kind of lived in the basement mm-hmm. of our house <laughs> mm-hmm. in Schiller Park, mm-hmm. and I had like a disco ball. Yep. My incense. I used to burn incense, and I had my record player, and I had a couch down there. Of course. And I would play <laughs> Billy Joel. I must have played this song nine nine hundred and seventy five thousand times. That many? Did you count? At least at least that many times. Rock and roll to me. Yeah, it's one of the oldies but goodies. Yeah. Yep. Yes, indeed, Lisa Wolf. All right, thanks so much. Sure. More of Hollywood 360 after this. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, William Bendix stars on The Life of Riley from 1950. But first, we're going to need a caller to play Beat the Hose. That's right. It's all about Rod Stewart. He just turned 79 years old. His birthday is January 10th, 1945. True or false, give us a call. Be on the air. Play the game. 312-642-5600. We're looking for caller number lucky 13. 312-642-5600. Play the game. It's all about Rod Stewart. True or false, you'll win some prizes just for playing, and we'll see you soon. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.